It's Monday, December 9th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, if you thought you were done hearing about Russia's interference in the 2016 election, think again. This afternoon, the Justice Department Inspector General dropped a long report on the origin story of the Russia investigation. Then, Russia has been disinvited from the 2020 Olympics. We'll tell you why the country's kind of been on the naughty list for years. And finally, who run the country of Finland? Girls. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Skylight Frame, the gift that thousands of moms call the best gift ever. The most complicated story today has to do with a new report about the Russia probe. Yep, there's another one. For the last year and a half, the Justice Department's Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, has been looking into the origin story of the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. Everyone and their mom has been waiting for it. So we're going to get into how this report became a thing, what some of the big findings were, and what this report means moving forward. Let's get into it starting with a little history lesson. It feels like ages ago, but the investigation into potential Russian interference started well before people hit the polls, in the summer of 2016. That's when WikiLeaks published tens of thousands of emails from the Democratic National Committee's server. And the FBI thought Russia was behind it. So they launched an investigation into the hack. Meanwhile, President Trump didn't seem to see a problem. Here he was at a press conference in July 2016. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. A couple days later, the FBI started an investigation, looking at possible links between Russia and the Trump campaign. The FBI called the operation Crossfire Hurricane. It's a reference to a Rolling Stone song that goes, I was born in a crossfire hurricane. Catchy. At the time, the agency didn't announce that it had launched the probe. So over the next few months, FBI agents secretly investigated four officials on Trump's campaign. Then-candidate Trump was not under investigation. The big question was, was anyone on the campaign part of Russia's effort to interfere in the election? To get that answer, FBI agents got a hold of phone records. They had government informants speak with campaign officials, and most notably, they got permission to wiretap a former Trump campaign advisor named Carter Page. Russian spies tried to recruit Page back in 2013, and the FBI thought Page could be collaborating with Russia during the campaign to influence the election. So agents wanted to listen in on him, and that wiretapping warrant was renewed three times, including at least twice after Trump took office. After that, special counsel Robert Mueller picked up the case. You probably remember his big report was released earlier this year. Mueller found that the Russian government did try to influence the 2016 election and that members of the Trump campaign knew about it. Carter Page, however, was never charged with a crime. But for a while, some Republicans have accused the FBI of partisan bias and of launching the investigation not to figure out what happened, but to try to keep Trump out of office. The FBI was even accused of spying on the Trump campaign. After getting a request from then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions, as well as from members of Congress, the Justice Department's nonpartisan independent inspector general decided to look into these concerns. So what was in the IG's report today? 
First, IG Michael Horowitz says he couldn't find evidence that the origin of Crossfire Hurricane was politically motivated. When it comes to the claims that the FBI was spying on the campaign, Horowitz said it's not like the FBI had undercover agents inside the Trump campaign, though they did use informants to talk to people on the campaign, and that there was nothing wrong with that either. But Horowitz did take issue with the steps the FBI took to track Carter Page by wiretapping him. Republicans have claimed that warrant was based on opposition research against Trump that the FBI shouldn't have used. But Horowitz says he found no evidence that the decision to ask for a warrant on Page was politically motivated. Instead, his beef was with the procedure and found, quote, at least 17 significant errors in how the FBI applied for the warrant. He found that one low-level FBI lawyer had doctored an email as part of the initial warrant application. He said FBI supervisors failed to catch those errors. So as a result of those things, the reasons the FBI provided for why they wanted to wiretap Page appeared, quote, stronger than was actually the case. So now that this report's out, what should you expect? Some Trump critics might point to Horowitz's report and say, All this concern about how the Russia investigation got started is for nothing. But Trump supporters might look at the criticisms of the warrant process and say, see, the government doesn't treat the president well. And Horowitz isn't the only justice official looking into this. Last May, Attorney General Bill Barr gave a special assignment to the U.S. attorney in Connecticut. Barr asked John Durham to also look into the origins of the Russia investigation at the FBI. That's now a criminal investigation. Remember. Horowitz holds a nonpartisan, independent position at the Justice Department. Bill Barr was appointed by the president and has been criticized for being too close to him. And both Barr and Durham have already said that they don't agree with one of the IG's key findings. Barr said in a statement that the investigation into the Trump campaign in Russia was launched on, quote, the thinnest of suspicions. And he says it was, quote, insufficient to justify the steps taken. Durham also put out a statement today in which he disagreed with the IG's conclusions on how the case was opened. And remember, his report hasn't come out yet. Which means Trump defenders may not see Horowitz's report today as the end-all, be-all of the matter. So what's the scam? The IG's report is a nonpartisan, independent way for people to get the facts straight about something Trump supporters have been bringing up for years. The report found no evidence that the FBI's probe was started for political reasons or conducted with political bias. But the report also found some issues within the department, which Trump supporters might point to as evidence that there were forces at work within the government against Trump. The inspector general is expected to talk about his findings before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. But his report came as the president is dealing with another politicized drama unfolding on Capitol Hill. Today, the House Judiciary Committee heard from committee lawyers about the case for and against impeaching the president. There wasn't much consensus. President Trump did what a president of our nation is not allowed to do. The record in the Democrats' impeachment inquiry does not show that President Trump abused the power of his office or obstructed Congress. House Democrats are in the midst of preparing articles of impeachment that they plan to vote on before leaving town for the holidays. Tick-tock. Coming up, it may still be winter, but today we got news about the upcoming Summer Olympics, about who is and isn't invited. That's next. Struggling to find a thoughtful gift? Enter Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can update instantly by email. 
Bonus, everyone in the family can send photos to the frame, and they appear in seconds. Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get free shipping with your purchase when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code SKIM. That's right. To get free shipping with your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code SKIM. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code SKIM. The Parade of Nations is one of the highlights of the Olympic opening ceremony. It's when each country has its name called out, often in a lot of different languages. Russian Federation. Federation da Rússia. With star athletes from each country waving their national flag alongside their fellow athletes. Meanwhile, all of us at home get to play fashion critic and judge the team's uniforms. It's like one big international fashion show. But next year, at the Summer Olympics in Japan, one country with a proud Olympic history and lots of athletes isn't going to make an appearance. This morning, the World Anti-Doping Agency, or WADA, unanimously voted to ban Russia from being formally represented at all major international sporting contests. That will mean no Olympics, no World Championships, and no World Cup either for four years. The reason for all this has to do with doping. The agency says Russian officials engaged in a widespread campaign to help Russian athletes cheat by providing them with banned performance enhancer drugs and then taking steps to cover it up. This isn't a new story. WADA first announced that Russia was doing this back in 2015 when it released a report that name-checked some of the country's top athletes, including many who had won medals at the London Olympics a few years before. That 2015 report also name-checked the head of Russia's anti-doping lab the very person who's supposed to stop athletes from cheating and accused him of destroying more than a thousand drug testing samples. And things got pretty James Bondy. Government agents apparently drilled a small hole in the wall of a testing lab so they could physically sneak out tainted urine samples in the middle of the night and replace them with clean ones. Russia was punished for that during the 2016 Olympics. About a third of their athletes were told to stay home that year. The hope was that that punishment would stop this from happening again. But it didn't. Earlier this year, WADA started finding evidence of more funny business at Russia's anti-doping lab. Someone was falsifying records in an apparent effort to throw international investigators off their trail. And WADA has responded by saying, that's it, final straw. Here was Sir Craig Reedy, WADA's president, this morning. Russia was afforded every opportunity to get its house in order and to rejoin the global anti-doping community for the good of its athletes and for the integrity of sport. But it chose instead a different route. Which means no Russia at the Olympics. That said, Russian athletes who qualify and are not implicated in the doping scandal in any way will be able to compete. They'll just have to do so under a neutral flag instead of representing the Russian Federation. Russian officials aren't even allowed to attend the games. Getting disinvited like this is a big deal. This is the harshest punishment ever handed down by WADA. And Russia hasn't apologized. In fact, just before WADA's decision this morning, its foreign ministry tweeted out a photo congratulating its award-winning athletes from Crimea. That's the territory Russia invaded and annexed away from Ukraine in 2014, which in Russian basically means, sorry, not sorry.
we haven't had much good news from Hong Kong lately. For six months, the city's seen increasingly violent clashes between pro-democracy protesters and the police. Protesters initially came out against a bill allowing certain criminals to be sent to mainland China for trial. The bill has been formally withdrawn now, but police violence against the protests fueled more demonstrations. And it didn't help that Hong Kong's leader hasn't been sympathetic to their cause. So when Hong Kongers headed to the polls in local elections last month, pro-democracy politicians won in a landslide. And fresh off that victory, yesterday an estimated 800,000 people took to the streets, with crowds of protesters stretching for miles. The demonstrations made headlines for not just the size, but also for the fact that things actually stayed peaceful. The question now is, for how long? For more on the situation playing out in Hong Kong, check out our guide on the city's history with China at theskim.com slash guides. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Finland, where 34-year-old Sanna Marin is set to become the world's youngest prime minister. As PM, she'll oversee Finland's new coalition government, which is made up of five major parties, all of which are also headed up by women. Which means that, yes, Finland is basically about to be run by women. Even members of the opposing parties are cheering that fact. Former Finnish PM Alexander Stubb, a conservative, tweeted today that, I rejoice that the leaders of the five parties in government are female, and that one day gender will not matter in government. He also called them pioneers. Cheers to that. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add The Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.